Y'all excited to be in God's house today? Come on, I'm excited to be in God's house today. Somebody say Holy Spirit. Last week we started a series called You Asked For. Y'all remember that? And we talked about, we said we were going to talk about your number one answer. Remember you filled out some surveys a couple months ago. And we asked you, what do you want to learn about? And you told us, I want to learn about the Holy Spirit. That was your number one answer. And so last week, we answered some questions. Y'all remember that, right? We answered the question, who is he? And if you took notes last week, you know that we talked about that he is a person. He is our helper. He is our friend and he is our God. Can I get a good amen? amen? Well, today what I want you to do is I want you to turn to your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, the reason I'm asking you to turn to this is because this will be the last verse that we cover. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is because like last week, I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. Because if you want to know something about something, you got to go look it up and you need to mark all the time you see it, right? And so what I encourage you to do today is as you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10, what I want you to do today is, is I want you to take notes. Because if you were, is this your first time here? We believe that note takers are world changers and history makers. Can I get a good amen? amen. And so I'm going to be going at a speed that you're not going to be able to look. In your Bible at every single scripture. But you'll be able to take those notes home. And you'll be able to take those home and go back and study the stuff that you learned today. Can I get a good amen? amen? So today the question that I want us to answer today. We got another question. Last week it was who is he? Today we are answering the question. Does he baptize? Does he baptize? And the reason that I chose this question is because a lot of people have heard of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yet so many of us refer to it incorrectly and we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll explain to you there is a difference. The baptism in the Holy Spirit or the baptism with the Holy Spirit is one thing. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a different thing. So does the Holy Spirit baptize? Now to help us answer this question, I'm going to make it very simple for you today. I'm going to give you the points up front. So you'll have the points up front and you'll be able to write those points down and then we'll go down and we'll go over each one and then we'll spend a lot of time on the third point. So the first point is this. Three points that I want you to write down. The first one is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Bible says that when we get saved, he baptizes us into the body of Christ. I'll read the scripture to you. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Everything I'm reading out of today will be New King James today. So I'm going to keep it good for the most school people in here. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And we know that this is the body of Christ because in verse 12, it specifically says the body of Christ. So that means that when you and I get saved, and we covered this last week, that when you and I get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. So we can already answer the question, does he baptize, right? The title of our message. Yes, he baptizes us as soon as we're saved into the body of Christ. Now, the controversy is, does 
Do we then need to, after we've been baptized into the body of Christ, do we then need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And that's what I want to show you today. Point number two. The disciple baptizes us in water. Once we get saved, once we have an altar moment, whether it be at a church or it be somewhere else, because you can get saved anywhere. Once you give your heart and you say, look, Jesus is the only way and I believe in him. Once you get saved, you're baptized into the body of Christ. But the next step, your next step of faith is to be water baptized. In fact, some, some people are getting baptized today. It's baptism Sunday. Come on, make some noise for that. There are people in it right after this service are going to get baptized. Matthew 28, 19 says this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Again, last week we talked about the Trinity, three in one. There's three in one in that verse. So after we get saved, we get water baptized. Now, water baptism, it's a sign, but it's more than a sign. You see, water baptism symbolizes what we've done when we've given our life to Jesus. But it's also more than a sign. It's a cutting of the flesh. It's the bearing of the old person. It's literally like when the Israelites... Went through the Red Sea. The Bible says that they were baptized when they went through the Red Sea. And in other words, they left the enemy. Remember, in the sea, the, the sea collapsed onto the enemy. They left the old life of slavery behind them. It was a new life for them in front of them, right? That's water baptism. Now, Ephesians 4 tells us, and I'll, and I'll explain this more in a second, but it tells us that there is only one baptism. And for people who are against the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they say, well, look, Ephesians 4 says there's only one baptism. Well, let me tell you something else, church. Ephesians, Ephesians 4 also says there's only one Lord. But we just talked about last week how there's actually three in one, right? The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. Well, today I'm telling you there's three baptisms and they all agree. And I'll actually show you a verse that, that, that supports this and shows you this. There are three in heaven, but they also agree as one. Now, there are also three on earth referring to the three baptisms, and they all agree as one as well. But what I want to make a point about is that even people who say there's only one baptism, they actually believe in two baptisms. They believe that when you get saved, that you are then baptized into the body of Christ. And then the next step is to be water baptized. But we are telling you today that there's actually three baptisms. The third baptism, the third point is this one. Number three, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 says this. And this is John the Baptist's words and Matthew's quoting them. It says this in verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he, capital H, which is Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I am, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a couple of things I want to address with this. First of all, you need to know that John the Baptist was not speaking to the 12 disciples. Because right, right. we know for a fact that, that in Matthew 3, when, Jesus, when, when, when he talks about this, he doesn't actually call the disciples to Matthew 4. Yeah. So we know for a fact, 
And then we can take each gospel and I can show you for a fact that Jesus is baptized. Then he calls the 12 disciples. So John the Baptist is not announcing this to the 12 disciples. But there are people out there that say, well, the Holy Spirit was only reserved for the 12 disciples or the 120 that were in the room at Pentecost. But here's the truth is none of those people were present that day when John said, there is one coming after me that will baptize you. With, with, with the Holy Spirit. And, and then listen, it's for everyone. That's what John the Baptist was saying. He wasn't just speaking to the 12 or the 120 because they weren't even there. He's telling everyone when the Messiah comes, this is what he's going to do. Yeah. Now, here's where you need to understand the differences. Many people have said that point one and point three are the same thing. Point one and point three are the same thing. But we know that they are not the same thing. And let me tell you, because in point one, the Holy Spirit is the one doing the baptizing. In point three, Jesus is the subject, is the one doing the baptizing. So they cannot be the same thing. Okay? So moving forward, we learned last week the same thing. The Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus, right? We didn't accidentally come upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus. But then when we receive Jesus, Jesus introduces us to the Holy Spirit. Two different things, right? That's the difference between of and in. You see, point one, the Holy Spirit is doing the baptizing. The Holy Spirit is baptizing us in Jesus. That is the of. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism of in the Holy Spirit. Two different things. See, when we receive him first, and some some people, and I, the reason I have to talk about this church is some people come from a Pentecostal background. And they think of, it, they refer to it always as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But that's where people get mixed up because this is the of and this is the in. It's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When we become saved, we get baptism of the Holy Spirit. When, when we, we then receive Jesus, he then introduces us to the Holy Spirit. Now we go to Matthew 11. We read it. We understand it. Let me show you that same thing in, in different books. In Mark, Luke, and John. Now, up to this point, you may not find this as significant that it's in all four books. But let me tell you, there are not many things that are in all four books. Not many things. And this is why. It's because Matthew, Mark, and Luke only recorded the third year of Jesus' ministry. John started recording and he covers the first two years of Jesus' ministry. So for things to be in all four books, they either all had to be present or, 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 or there was something that was so important that they needed to get someone else's account on that event. And so those things, now you may wonder, well, what are the things that are in all four books? I'll give them to you, really simple. The things that are in all four books are the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Those are the only things that are in all four books. Now, let me show you what I was telling you about in the other three Gospels. We'll start with Mark 1.8. Mark 1.8 says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He being Jesus, the one doing the baptizing, right? Luke 
John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And finally, John 1.33, it says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is who baptized with the Holy Spirit. Everybody understand that? Any, yeah, everybody get that, right? It's very simple. All four books, we understand it, and this is what it says. For the remainder of the time, I want to talk about three specific words. Three words I want you to write down. Those three words are salvation, water, and spirit. Salvation, water, and spirit. And then I want to ask you something. How many of you believe that Jesus is our example? This ain't a trick question. How many of you really believe that Jesus is our example, right? He's our example, correct? Amen. Everybody pretty much understand that, man. You saw the hands go up. So the next question would be, did Jesus have these three, bapti three baptisms? Was he saved? Was he water baptized? And was he spirit baptized? Let's talk about the first part. Let's talk about salvation. We know that when we're saved, the Bible says that we are born again. Can I get a good amen? amen. And when we're born again, and this may be hard for some people to understand, we are born as children of God. Right? The Bible tells us. And I'm going to say a little bit more. We are born as the perfect children of God. Can I get a good amen? amen. Now hear me. Not perfect in our performance, but perfect in our position because of what Jesus did on the cross. And Christ lived the perfect life. We never could live the perfect life. But because he lived the perfect life and he died for our sins, he's, his, his soul, his, his sacrifice covered us so that when God sees us, he sees Jesus. Can I get a good amen? amen. Colossians 3 tells us this. So we're born again, right? So was Jesus ever born again? No. He was not born again because he was born perfect the first time. Can I get a good Amen. <laughs> When he was born, he was the already the perfect son of God. He was born a child of God. So the next question is, was, did, was Jesus water baptized? Yes, because we just read it, right? John the Baptist did it and, and, and baptized him. And so we know he was water baptized. So was he spirit baptized? Listen to me before you answer that question. I've had people tell me this. Well, you know, you talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and Jesus is in our example. And I get it. And Jesus, but Jesus was never baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and here's what I tell them. I'm like, what Bible are you reading? Because my Bible says a verse that we read last week where Jesus was baptized. And in that moment, all three of the Trinity were present in one moment. That when he baptized him, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended like a, a dove, right? Amen. And then God said, here is my son who I'm well pleased, right? Amen. He is baptized in the Spirit. And so that's a great question for us, church. That if Jesus needed the person of the Holy Spirit when he was on this earth, how much more do I need the person of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Come on. Amen. Because Jesus needed it. He needed the three baptisms.
baptisms. Why shouldn't I need the three baptisms? And the Bible says that the, the, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. You know, I was reading the other day this story about this pastor who was uh, wanting to teach on this down in Mississippi. And, and he, he, he prepared for this message on preaching on when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit coming down. And so what he did was he went out and he bought a dove. And he found one of the little kids in church. And he says, listen, bud, I need you to take this dove up to the attic. I'm going to preach about the Holy Spirit. And then when I say that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, I want you to let that dove go. Amen. Okay? So he plays out just like he thought it would play out. Man, he's preaching on Sunday in this little bitty church. And he's going at it. And he's, he's, he's just praying against the devil. And all this great service is going wonderful. And all of a sudden, he gets to the part he cannot wait. He sees the little boy go up in the attic. And he says, okay, so Jesus is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in this moment, as they bring him up, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And he waits. And the dove doesn't come. So he says it again. Maybe, maybe he didn't hear me. I'm going to say it again. He said, man, uh, Jesus is getting baptized. It's a moment. Man, and in this moment he comes out. And all of a sudden the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And again, no dove comes out of anywhere. And so he looks up and he sees the little boy up there. And he says, hey, boy, this is the moment. This is, you got to let the dove out. And he, the little boy looks down at the preacher. He said, Pastor, he said, he said, I, I wanted to release the dove out, but the cat ate it. Can I just throw the cat down? <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Somebody said that was, that was an interesting day. Church, this is a pattern in scripture. We get saved, we get water baptized, and then we are spirit baptized, right? That's these points. Put them points back up there for me. Come on. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus when we are saved. The disciples baptizes us in water when we are water baptized. And then Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. It's a pattern. Somebody say it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Let me show you a few verses to kind of back this pattern up. And you'll see it as clear as day. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. The Bible says, then Peter said to them, repent. How do we get saved, church? We repent, right? Yes. We have to turn away. Repent means to turn away from your old life. It goes on to say, and let every one of you be baptized. There's water baptism. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Repent, be baptized, and receive. Another example, Acts chapter 8, verse 12. In the story, Philip, he's a deacon. And he goes to Samaria and he preaches. And it says this in verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God. So they are saved. They, they receive that Jesus is the only way. They, they know, they believe that. They're repenting and believing, right? Amen. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ... Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay. So if the Bible thought, and those people back then thought that that's all you needed, 
That's all you need. You just need to get saved and water baptized. And that's the end of it. It would stop there, right? But no, it doesn't stop there. Watch verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And it explains why verse 16. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It's clear as day, church. They get saved, they get water baptized, and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. One more example. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was in court that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, let's talk about that. Paul is the greatest apostle to ever live. And he's traveling through Ephesus, comes after he, he finds these disciples and he says to them, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Well, the truth of it is, is if they have received the Holy Spirit when they believed, the greatest apostle wouldn't have to ask you this question. Can I get a good amen? amen. I mean, you would think that Paul has more theology knowledge than more theologians today would know the order of, of, of the baptisms that you need to that, and that need to happen in your life. And so he doesn't just settle with, okay, you were saved, that's cool, you got water baptized, all right, you're good. No, he doesn't stop that. He goes on to say and talks a little bit more. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And I love the response of the people because I believe these people went to the same church I grew up in. How do they respond? The Bible tells us they respond by saying, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And I think about that, man. And what is, what is Paul going to do? He goes on to check their salvation. It doesn't stop there. He goes, he doesn't like, oh, I can't believe, man, you're going to hell because you ain't, you didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I can't believe you. You'd be that dumb that you don't know the whole process. I love Paul. He just absorbs it. And he doesn't, I love this, he doesn't react, he responds. And there's a difference. That could be a sermon in itself. Too many of us react to things instead of respond to things. And Paul looks at him, he begins to talk to him about their salvation in verse 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Saying to the people that they should believe. Remember, repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe on him who would come after him that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Paul could have stopped there. But instead, he keeps going with verse 6. And he says, when Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Now, church, you need to understand this as a follower of Christ, because, again, people say, well, this Holy Spirit thing only comes in Acts 2. In Pentecost, it comes in that room and that's all it was meant for. But it's not true at all, church. Amen. We see the Holy Spirit break out in Acts 8, Acts 10. 
even with the Gentiles in Acts 19. So nobody can just come to you and say, oh, it's only for the people in Acts 2 because it happened three other times at least, church. Four times just in the book of Acts. Now to understand it even deeper in Acts 8, we're not going to read the story because we don't have time, but Philip is in Samaria and, and he, he shares with them. And this is five years after Pentecost. Five years later, People still know that they not only have to be saved and water baptized. He said, well, you need one more thing. You need the Holy Spirit and the baptizing the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, again, we see it happen again. Now, this needs, you need to know that this took place 10 years after Pentecost. 10 years later, people are still saying baptism, being baptism in the body of Christ and water baptism isn't enough. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 19. Do you know how long Acts 19 happens after Pentecost? 25 years. Amen. 25 years after Pentecost. And Paul walks down this road and walks into these apostles and these, and these disciples. And he asks them the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Isn't that amazing, church? Amen. That's the scripture that messed with my soul when I switched over and became non-denomination. Did I receive the Holy Spirit when I believed? I'm going to show you a couple more verses to support this. 1 John 5, 7. 1 John 5, 7, and it says this. 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father... The Word, Revelation 19, we know that, that the Bible calls Jesus the Word. And the Holy Spirit in these three are one. The Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Now, how many of y'all believe this verse and believe in the Trinity, right? Come on, raise your hand. All right. Most of us, I'm sure if, if all of us were engaged, we'd all raise our hand, right? That's the Trinity. We know that it's three and one, and they all bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What do they bear witness to? They bear witness to the supernatural life. Yeah. See, you and I, we were not born so that we have matter and energy and then we die, right? We were born to have a supernatural life. We have the Word, the Father, and the Holy Spirit that is helping you with that. That's what they want for us, and they are three in heaven. Can I get a good Amen. Now, I want to show you a verse where it talks about the three baptisms. And let me tell you before I show you this verse that salvation can be referred to as repent, right? We talked about that. Repent and believe. But it can also be referred to as the blood. Can I get a good amen? Because we know without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sins and we're saved by the blood of the Lamb. Can I get a good amen? So watch this verse and I'm going to show you three baptisms on earth. 1 John 5, 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. Amen. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So we know there's three that bear witness in heaven. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in agreement is one. And there are three now that bear witness on this earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. It's how we get saved. Church, right? The blood of the Lamb. What do they bear witness to? They bear witness to a supernatural life. 
So let me make this easy. And this is kind of the cliff notes part of this whole sermon. I want to make it easy for you. This is what happens and this is what should happen when you receive Christ. You have a moment where you receive and you believe that Jesus is the one and only Savior. He's the one and only. You know you have it in your heart, so you receive him. So we use church words like, man, you just accept him in your heart. Or something like that. But you receive and you believe that he is the only one. He is the only way. And the Bible says that in that moment, you become a new person. A new creation. Next, when you get water baptized, that's why we have baptisms every month. That old person that you came in with is cut off. Can I get a good amen? That old person is left in the water and buried in baptism. And when you get, the next step is when you get spirit baptized, church, you then get the power to walk in the new. Can I get a good amen? Somebody say trust the process. It's a process, church. Every single one of us, you get saved, you get water baptized, and then you receive the Holy Spirit. Can I get a good amen? You know, I think about, let me tell you this. If all you care about is getting to heaven, all you got to do is get saved. I want you to know that. I hope that's not all you're striving for. But if you just want to get to heaven and that's all you care about, all you have to do is be saved. Think about the thief on the cross, right? We covered this story a couple weeks ago for Easter. The thief looks over at Jesus and receives Jesus and Jesus tells him, you'll be with me in paradise today. Now, I will say this. I'm sure the thief, if he had a choice, would have came down from that cross and been like, guys, you mind if I come down and just go get water baptized real quick? Come on. I promise I'll be right back, right? But he didn't have that option, right? And so he was in paradise. But listen to me, church. If you care more than just about getting to heaven and you want to live a powerful life, a life filled with, with, with victorious, where you when you walk into the room, man, you ain't in that room alone anymore. When you got something that's speaking for you, praying on your behalf, if you want something that's going to speak your own soul, right? Then you've got to be water baptized and then rebaptized in the spirit. Can I get a good amen? amen. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. My honest point right here. Some of you, you've got to be water baptized. You have to be water baptized because you got baptized as a child and you actually got saved later on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to say it one more time, say it a little different. There's some of you in here that need to be water baptized because you walked an aisle as a child. Amen. But now you're truly giving your life to Christ. Now you truly understand that this relationship is about you and him and it's not some religion you were taught. And so now that you have been saved and you've given him your heart, it, you need to be water baptized. Can I get a good amen? amen? There's some of you this morning that you're not a bad person. You've just never heard anyone explain this to you before. And, and then listen to me, church. I said this last week. The Holy Spirit is not goofy. If he comes off goofy when you talk to people about the Holy Spirit, it's probably because the people are goofy, not the Holy Spirit. Right? And you've never been shown that this is doctrinally accurate and correct and is biblically sound that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, and I, and I sit at home and I think about that sometimes because I came from a religion, man, where we didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And I think about the people who just don't know and I think about and I wonder, man, are so many believers being defeated because they only have two of the three? 
They don't have the power. They want to show, they want the power to show up in their life, man. They talk about the power, but they don't even understand it. They don't know what it is. And they definitely never received it. Church, if that's you today, I want to let you know that that power you can receive today. Can I get a good amen? amen. Touch your neighbor and say it's never too late. Come on. Let me share a couple more verses with you and I'm going to wrap this thing up. This is the verse you opened up to, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, it says, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, before we go on, I want you to let you know if you would read verses 6 and 11, it kind of tells us that this needs to be our example. This illustration needs to be our example. And what they're talking about is, church, is they're talking about when the God's people came out of Egypt. And if you think back to that story, for those people in particular, they had a savior and his name was Moses. Now, I'm not saying that Moses is Jesus at all. I'm just saying in their situation at that time, he was Israel's type of deliverer. So this is going to be kind of a symbol for us. Listen to the scripture and see if you can spot the three baptisms. All were baptized into Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. All were baptized into Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. You see, they were baptized into their deliverer, right? Salvation. We know that represents salvation. They were baptized in the sea. That represents water baptism. And they were baptized in the cloud, which we know from the Old Testament, the cloud represented the spirit. Everybody see that clearly, right? It's very clear to us, church. So what I want to do is I'm going to break it down even more simple for you. I asked some people to bring some stuff out for me. And, and as they bring things out to me, I want to break this down on, on how simple this can be to understand. And as they bring these things out, I'm going to explain to you about each one, okay? Go ahead, y'all can all come out. Come on, y'all give them a round of applause. They bring this out for me. Okay? Now, I'm going to ask you today to use your imagination. Touch your neighbor and say, I need you to imagine this. Okay? This represents the tabernacle. Okay, everybody knows what tabernacle is. It's a place where, where Moses would go to be with God. Now, if you would imagine with me, I want you to imagine that this is the entrance to the tabernacle. And the tabernacle would just imagine just a big old, big old area right here. Now, the Bible says that, that out here was what they called the outer place, right? Before you went into the tent of meeting. This was the outer place. Over here in the tent of meeting is where the holies of the holies was. The holy place, right? The Bible says that Jesus, that God actually descended and was right here in the between the wings of the cherubim, right? Now, before anybody could go into the Holy of Holies, you had to do a couple things. Before you could get into his presence, you had to do it. Now, what was the goal of, of this whole thing right here? It was to be in God's presence, right? Do you know what our goal is today? To be in God's presence, right? Now, the Bible says, that when they would go in, the priest would come in, he would walk into the tabernacle, into the area that was open. And I want you to know, and I just want to state this today, that there was only one way in. Okay? I'll let that sink for a little bit. 
And the Bible says that what you would experience, the first thing you would come to was an altar. Now we know as followers that the altar represents salvation. Because we know that the blood of the Lamb, we would not be saved without the blood of the Lamb. And the Lamb is ultimately Jesus Christ. Can I get a good amen? amen. So the first thing you would experience is the altar representing salvation. The next thing you would get to is a thing called a laver. And the laver looks sort of like this. And what they would do is the priest would then take the water and he would cleanse himself. He would wash his body off. Any dirt that he brought in would be cleaned off in this moment. Any filth, anything that he brought from behind him would be washed away. And we know that the labor represents what? Water baptism. Now the third thing that you would walk up to before you could enter into God's presence was a flask. And let me tell you, even if, I don't care what people tell you, even if they only believe in the first baptism and the second baptism, no theologian can deny that this was there. And the third thing that you encountered was a flask of oil. And the Bible says they would take the oil and they would pour it upon their heads. And it would drip down from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet. And we know that oil represents the anointing and the spirit. Now this is what's upsetting to me, church. There are so many believers. They will walk into a place like this and they'll be like, they'll encounter the, sanction, the, 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 the thing right here of sacrifice, the altar. And they'll say, you know what? You know what, pastor's saying good things. You know what? I believe that Jesus is the way. I believe that he's it. And they'll receive Jesus in their heart and they'll get saved right here on the spot, man. They're going to heaven. They are saved. They get this part. And then they'll get to the next part and they'll say, like, man, the label represent water baptism. They'll be like, man. You know, pastor's right. You know, Jesus got baptized. My friends got baptized. I know I need to be baptized. Pastor showed us today. I'll get baptized. Come on. They'll pour that water on them and they'll get baptized. And boom, they'll get that part. But then they'll get to this part. And they'll look at this. This oil that represents the spirit. And they'll look at it and be like. Let's go here. There's people walking around themselves calling believers don't even know about this part. They either say, well, I don't know what that is. But there's so many that will look at this and be like, ah, I've heard so many weird things. I watch people on TV and they're just weird with it. I just don't really understand it, so I'd rather just skip it. And then walk to the presence of God. Now, church, if you know your Old Testament, what happened to the people that came into the presence of God incorrectly? They died, right? Amen. He killed them. And church, I think about that, and there are so many believers that are walking around as though they feel like they're dead. They believe in a God, but they don't walk it out because they don't feel his power. They try to do things on their own. They try to make their own decisions. Because they try to get into his presence incorrectly. Church, I'm here to tell you today, I don't make the rules. You don't make the rules. He makes the rules on how you enter into his presence. Come on. And so church, I ask you today, I will tell you, man, that, that when you get saved, it doesn't stop there. 
The next step is to get water baptized. And after you get water baptized, man, you ask for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then when you, you got those things and you enter into his presence, I'm telling you, you can ask anybody that knows it. Man, they will tell you it is different. It is different. And this thing, what happens is when you get that third one and you enter into his presence correctly, this doesn't become a ritual. It becomes a time of relationship. When you leave here, you know that it's not that I have to go to a church to receive something. I got something for 